We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, join our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. This week's guest is Chris Larson. Chris Larson is the founder and managing partner of Next Level Income through which he helps investors become financially independent through education and investment opportunities. He began syndicating deals in 2016, has raised more than $12 million, and has been actively involved in over $150 million of real estate acquisitions. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks, Lori. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to hear what you've got to say, especially around generating dollars and relationships. It seems to be something you're pretty good at. Well, it's, yeah, I guess the question is, is it the chicken or the egg? But um, <laughs> no, it's, uh, I mean, if relationships are everything in this, in this world. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit. What are some of those connections between generating wealth and relationships? Yes. I mean, just my story. And, you know, if you're listening and you want to learn a little bit more about me, we have a free copies book on nextlevelincome.com and just, you can click on the book link when I dive a little bit deeper into it. But I talk about when I was younger, my father passed, when I was five and a good family friend, uh, Clint Provenza, not only introduced me to cycling, which was one of, one of my real loves in my life, but also the miracle of compound interest. So it's, it's one of those things where if I didn't have that relationship, um, I would have never introduced to those, you know, both those concepts. Um, and then just going, you know, fast forwarding through life, um, cycling, the relationships I had in cycling, partnerships, uh, turned into business partnerships, and then ultimately, you know, completing our first syndicated real estate deal came from our network of investors that we put together. So, I mean, whether you look at, you know, foundationally, when I was very young, my sporting success, or, you know, what some would call investing success, it's all based upon, you know, those relationships that were built, you know, going back, you know, to my early teens. I love that. I think it's a great story to to share as far as your foundation goes. Um, that's great that you had uh, mentorship you know, early on in life to really educate you on, well, compound interest for one, um, which is fantastic. So let's talk about how you actually became an investor. Do you want to share that story with us? Yeah. So really the drive to be an investor, Lori, came from my desire for freedom and when I got to college, what I wanted to do was race my bicycle. So I wanted to be a professional cyclist. I enrolled in at Virginia Tech to be an engineering student, but I found about, out about two weeks in, I really didn't want to be an engineer. I just, I just really didn't enjoy it. Um, and I continued to race my bike. I thought, I'll just get through college. I'll, I'll, race, I'll race my bike. I'll become a professional. Then I'll figure out what I want to do and maybe go back and get a master's degree. Well, between my freshman and sophomore years, I lost my best friend, Chris. He died of a brain hemorrhage. And it really kind of, it put me into depression kind of as I look back thinking about it. But after a year of racing my bike and really pouring my heart and soul into cycling, what I found was I wasn't really happy 
It wasn't cycling wasn't like the be all end all that it was before he passed away, but I still wanted the ability to I wanted to do. And for me, I started looking at other opportunities to make money, you know, first when I was a cyclist and then thinking, Hey, now I lost my friend. I need to live really two lives and get the most out of life that I can. And I want to be able to do what, what I want to do when I want to do it. I started trading in the stock market. I mentioned Clint, he gave me a money magazine article and talked about starting a Roth IRA. I started investing in the stock market. But then I found real estate after a couple of years of investing and the ability to actually kind of, as I talk about in my book, control appreciation or buy an asset and improve its value was very appealing to me. Also, when you're a college student, you don't have a ton of money. I was able to buy my first investment property with less than $1,000. So I really became an investor to have that freedom. And then I, I molded my career and the rest of life around fueling those investments so that I could ultimately end up doing what I wanted to do and have that freedom uh, to make the most out of uh, not only my life, but also the talents that I've been given. Well, that's a great story. Um, thanks for sharing that. And I love that your motivation was freedom. Um, and uh, we'll have to talk about cycling a little bit off the topic uh, off, off the recording here. Cause it's something I'm getting into. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm newbie, but, uh, yeah, it's something I, I'm really enjoying. Um, awesome. let's, yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about high profile relationships. I know this is something you have, um, some experience in. So how do you form relationships with high profile people? Wow. That's a, that is a complex answer, I think, but I think it's, it's, with one simple thing and that's with integrity. So if you are a professional, if you're, you know, even a, even a young person, if you're listening, do your best. That's what we teach our boys. So you want to do what you say you're going to do and you want to do it to the best of your ability and high profile people spot that they see that people see drive, they see talent. It's almost like they can sense it, you know, whether you're an athlete or, you know, a professional, uh, in any aspect of you know your career or life, I think that's the foundation. Um, the other thing is if you find somebody, I talk about this a lot when people say, what advice do you have? Find somebody who you can model success after. So find somebody that's done what you want to do and then ask them, ask them for their advice. I think people that are successful like to share their success. A lot of they're flattered, especially if it's, you know, first generation success, which you know, we see a lot of that out there. Um, so do your best to you say you're going to do and feel free to ask people that you respect. If you do those two things, you're going to rapidly build a network and stay in contact. So if you stay in contact with people, um, there's a story about, um, five years ago when I was switching medical device companies, I reached out to a VP that I had worked with over a decade before and he made some connections. And I just remember him saying, Chris has always done a really good job of keeping in touch with me, whether it was in a meeting or just reaching out from time to time or when he was around. And I've heard people say it before. So those are your three things. Do your best, be in, you know, have integrity, you know, reach out to people you respect and then stay in touch with the people because they like to keep updated on what you're doing. People like to have a little bit of, um, you know, um, buy-in, if you will, to your, sure. if you've, if no, I think you. that's great. I, I think that's fantastic. Um, and I love how you throw out the, you know, just, just ask, 
doesn't hurt to ask the question, you know, how did you get to where you are today? And um, like you said, people like to share their success. And and I think that there's a level of intimidation that comes um, to, to some people. And if you just get over that, that fear, um, it can definitely skyrocket your own personal success. hundred percent. I think, you know, you see this, I think I've seen this in a movie where, you know, it's like nobody asks the, the hot check out. And I think people are, you know, if, if you're intimidated by, you know, whether it's a, a individual that you're interested in romantically or whether it's somebody of success, I heard, um, an interview on, on Joe Rogan, it was uh, Kevin Hart and he talked about, meeting Jeff Bezos. And he's like, I just walked up to Jeff Bezos and was like, Hey man, I have a ton of respect for you. And I mean, here's a guy, Kevin Hart, you know, super successful and he's the same way. So if you're listening and thinking, Oh man, that's a little too much for me, Kevin Hart, Jeff Bezos, I don't, you don't get much, you, get, you don't get too much better than most do. I don't think. Yeah. I just gotta, gotta go for it. But I'm um, staying right. on on that topic of fear, um, the goal of my show here is to help alleviate any fears people have when it comes to that word networking and building relationships. So uh, can you share with our listeners one of your favorite networking stories or experiences that you have? Mm, okay, my favorite. So I would say probably recently, so I've developed a relationship with Open Doors of Asheville. They help shrink the gap between with of, of children in poverty and the executive coach that I work with, um, we met through an investing group, but then we ended up maintaining our relationship because we both go to CrossFit together. So we've, I've seen him in CrossFit, my boys, my boys are eight and 10. My wife has seen his family there and, and his children. Uh, and he has a young son, Connor, who's 17. He just ran a hundred mile, a hundred miles wow. straight not like 10 and then 10, oh. he ran hundred miles in one sitting to raise money for this nonprofit. And that's open door Nashville. And through my networking with Chris and you know, the relationship that I've built with him over the years from, you know, a couple different, what I would call networking groups from an investing group, as well as CrossFit, which if you don't know CrossFit that well, there's a lot of community involved in that. Mm -hmm. um, there's, a, there's a big overlap there. And then ultimately uh, my wife ended up pacing Connor and through our sponsorship and support of this event through Crip, we were introduced to Open Doors. And now uh, we have a nonprofit endeavor where we're working with Open Doors to develop a financial literacy program. So if you kind of look at the pathway of multiple networking opportunities that are, that are overlaid there, um, Chris reached out doors and said, Hey, you got my, my friend, Chris reached out to open doors on my behalf and said, you, you've got to talk to Chris and, and learn about what he's doing. Um, so again, back to that, you know, do your best, you know, show integrity, you know, stay in touch. And then, you know, ultimately, you know, those things tend to come back around. I think that's a really good story to illustrate what we were just talking about a few minutes ago. Oh, hundred percent. Definitely. Definitely seems like it. So let's talk about staying in front of people because um, obviously you, you've talked about this a little bit. How do you best nurture your network and community that you've created? If, if you're listening, I think the easiest thing you can do is just reach out when people have a birthday is one thing. So <laughs> I've, I, think it's, I think it's forgotten. I used to write birth, birthday cards out and I've gotten away from that, uh, but I still try to text people or give them a call on their birthday. Um, or maybe if you're on Facebook, you know, that's another, that's another great way. That's really simple. So if you want to get started in networking and staying in touch, find out people's birthdays, 
you know, wish them a happy birthday once a year, check in on them and see how they're doing. Um, that's, that's a, that's a great way to do it. I think when you go up a level, Lori, now you're talking about how do you basically cultivate a platform and a communication cadence? So you're staying in touch with people and be, you know, kind of like an influencer, if you will. Mm -hmm. And what we've done with next level income is we've developed content with the goal, as you mentioned in the intro to people achieve financial independence first through education. So we put out a lot of educational content, uh, that I've, that I've written over the past several years. Again, I mentioned our book, which you for free. Also our podcast, our blog, um, and also, um, shows like this, uh, we mm -hmm. will share your show on ours as well and provide even more content. Um, and, and we can, we, we reach out about once a week to our, to our audience. We have a couple thousand people, uh, on our email list. So we reach out once a week and provide them, you know, hopefully something that they, that they see a value. And if it resonates a lot of times, people will reach back out to me and do that. So again, real easy, you know, keeping in touch with people on a quarterly or annual basis, love the birthday method. And then, um, you know, as you kind of step up the food chain, you know, if you're building a business, I think putting out content that provides value on a regular, but not too, not too often basis, um, is a great strategy to use. Oh yeah. I agree with that a hundred percent. I, I love the birthday method. I think that's fantastic. I know I've had some past guests mention that one as well. Um, and personally, I've been trying to do more than just the Facebook message. Um, and, yeah. and either, like you said, text or call just to kind of give them a, a little bit extra love. Uh, definitely a fan of providing high value content, but you do have to find that magic, um, ground between too much and too little, <laughs> yeah. um, to just stay in front of and, and be a resource indeed. Yeah. And I don't know, I mean, I don't know if daily is too much or weekly is too much or, um, what it is, but we, we typically, I think once a week, you know, makes sense if, and it depends, you know, if you're dealing with high value, um, you know, you're talking about like high profile people that are super busy, it may be a little less frequent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree with that. Chris, what advice would you offer that business professional who's looking to grow their network? Yeah, I think going back to, um, you know, the stay in touch piece. So I think one thing that it, I've really focused on over the past year is my LinkedIn network. So if, if you are trying to grow in business, whether it's kind of move up the corporate ladder or you're trying to expand that network, I would definitely utilize LinkedIn. You can kind of reach out to different connections. Um, there is uh, a great book written by it's Ed Prodmerlu. I may be totally messing up his name, <laughs> um, and I can I can I can look the book up before we hop off here. Sure. But I don't want to I don't want to make people wait. Um, but if you can if you can search for uh, you know kind of like LinkedIn success by Ted Prodmerlu. If you can figure that out. I bet if you search it, you'll find it. Sure. But he talks about, you know, how to just basically go on LinkedIn once a day, spend about 15 minutes. I just did it early in the morning and I reach out, I'd be like, Oh, Lori, she's connected to, you know, my friend, John and Oh, look, we have some stuff overlapping. She's got a podcast as well. And I may connect and just drop you a note and say, Hey, Lori, you know, I want to connect. Notice you were friends with John. Um, would love to talk to you about your podcast takes, you know, again, in 15 minutes, you can reach out to a lot of people and, and really build your network that way. Once you've built your network out again, now you have to consider what your goals are. If you're building a platform, you're probably going to be putting content out there. If you're not, then, you know, it, it just decide if you're looking for a new job with a company, start to network, reach out to people, 
ask, you know, you can go through LinkedIn or, or grab their email and reach out to them and just see if they have a few minutes to talk, but make sure you have a point. I was on a call yesterday and I didn't know what it was about. And within the first five minutes, I kind of figured it out and I knew it was a waste of my time because I'd been through it before. Mm-hmm. And I, I got a little annoyed by that. So I try to get off the call as soon as possible. So just be direct, be clear with what your intentions are. And the other thing is, if you're going to talk to somebody, do a little bit of background research because uh, the individual had some questions for me and really hadn't even checked out my website um, and some of the stuff that I had up there. So uh, again, that's the opposite of what to do. If you want to grow your network, you know, do it organically through connections that you already have. And then to deepen those relationships, try to have one-on-one conversations, but make sure you're trying to provide value um, or at least you have some background knowledge on those people. Yeah, agree 100%. I think those are all fantastic insights. I love the the LinkedIn approach. Um, I know that uh, I'm, I'm definitely kind of, like you said, building the platform and connecting with individuals on LinkedIn and it's unfortunate we've been in scenarios, you know, where someone's wasting our time, unfortunately, and um, not being clear on what their expectations are of the call and how to maximize the time. But I agree. It's definitely good to be cognizant of what's the best use of your time um, and how to politely, you know, remove yourself from a situation where it's not a good use of your time. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think the other thing is if somebody calls me and like, Hey, I noticed you had a, you know, you, you raced bicycles or you went to Virginia tech. I'm, I'm impressed by that. You know, it doesn't take a lot of time to do that, mm-hmm. but you know, if you, if you show a little bit of initiative and you, you learn a little bit about somebody's personal side, we're all people. And most of the things we're doing with our lives when it comes to generating, you know, dollars or, you know, investments, that's probably not our primary in life. It may be family, it may be sports, it may be, um, you know, some other endeavor that we're in, in the moment, uh, even though, you know, those other business endeavors are very important. Sure. Totally agree with that. So obviously today's world, digital networking is, is kind of the name of the game, but um, traditional to some extent is slowly coming back, I feel like. Um, but between the two, digital networking and traditional networking, which one do you find more value in? I still love sitting down face to face with somebody and, you know, having lunch, um, you know, or or drink every now and then is enjoyable. Um, I, I had, you know, if you look at my goals, you'll see that, you know, a once a week face to face is still on there. So it's obviously, it's a little more challenging now in the time of, of COVID as we still are, Mm -hmm. but as this, as the weather changed, you know, I made an effort to meet people and we'd, we'd go for a walk and we'd, we'd have a conversation um, or we would eat outside and do that. I think, you know, there's, there are elements that we still don't fully appreciate uh, when it comes to the human, you know, being, whether it's, you know, kind of the transfer of energy or just reading body language and, you know, zoom does a good job of, of trans transmitting some of that, Mm -hmm. but I I still don't think there is a substance for, you know, one-on-one sitting down. So I highly encourage anybody, you know, listening at, you know, if you have, if you have a really important meeting or a really important relationship that you're trying to build, I would make the effort to do that in person. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, digital is fantastic. Yeah, Zoom and, and other video conferencing tools have, have made a really good um, alternative <laughs> to meeting in person, but it, I don't think there's anything out there that's going to top actually sitting and doing one-to-one meetings in person. 
No. And I think even when we get to virtual reality, I think again, you know, just, just being able to almost like feel that person's energy when you're, you know, in the room with them, mm-hmm. um, there's just something, there's just something different. And again, you know, maybe, maybe there's something to it, um, on a, I don't know, what do we, quantum level, but I think, you know, having that close interaction, there's, there's just, there's just a different level. Totally. All right. Here's a fun one for you, Chris. If you could go back to your 20 year old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of less of or differently with regards to your professional career? I love that question. We kind of use this spin off on our, on our show that, um, so 20 year old self, that's good. Cause I'm, I'm still in college and I did a lot of these things. I reached out to a lot of people. Um, I think what I would advise myself to do is, is listen a little bit more to the, the advice that I gave, I, I was given. Um, I was kind of, I guess maybe it's the entrepreneur in me, but I always kind of ch- try to try to choose my own path and do that. Um, but if I could go back, I would say, okay, take, you know, take some of this advice from people that you want to emulate. And even if you disagree with it, dig a little bit deeper to figure out um, why it is and, and don't make an assumption when it comes to that. And then I would double down on that. I would, I would find those people that were successful. And what I would probably do today is just find any way to work with them. And what I mean by that is I would, I would probably offer you know, to work for free, almost like an apprenticeship, you know, find mm-hmm. something of value that I could offer them, figure out what they wanted to do and and then do it. And that's actually, uh, Caleb, who was my co-host on the show for a long time and helped me write the book and does, uh, our marketing and digital marketing. When he reached out to me, I said, Hey, if you want to, if you want to learn from us, let's, let's figure out something where you can provide some value. And he did, and it's developed into a really, really mutually beneficial partnership. That's awesome. I think that's great. I love that, that question actually of, you know, how can I, can I help you out in some way, you know, or, or do something with you to just learn from and, and really you're building a relationship at that point. Um, that's really good advice. And and I can totally uh, resonate with the, that entrepreneurial mindset of, you know, I want, I want to do it my way and <laughs> not necessarily exactly. listening to the advice the very sound advice that, you know, eventually I, I, I learned the lessons the hard way is what I like to say. Yep, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah. And, and you know what, and there's probably, it's hard to say, like, I always say, I don't have any regrets. If I went back, I appreciate all the mistakes, all the, all the stuff that I've learned. Um, so you have to, you have to mediate that to a degree. That's why I say, you know, I would just, I would just do more more of the connections. I think that's why I love what we're talking about here today, because really it's the, the bigger and faster you build that network and the, the more humble as you do it, the more successful I think you're going to become. Totally. Totally agree. So we've all heard of the six degrees of separation. Now who would be the one person that you'd love to connect with? And do you think you could do it within the sixth degree? Mm. Um, my wife knows I always, I always, had a thing for Elizabeth Hurley and we were born on the same birthday. So <laughs> I don't, I don't, she's English. I don't know if I could figure out, um, how to, how to meet her or not. <laughs> <Six> degree, <yeah. laughs> There's gotta be somewhere you'd st- Well, LinkedIn is probably a good starting point. Right? I would probably, I would 
probably start at LinkedIn or try to, um, I try to think of some, maybe some actors or actresses that I know that would probably be that. Cause what there's six degrees of Kevin Bacon. He's got Elizabeth Hurley, right? Oh, for so, sure. I mean, to yeah. some degree somewhere <laughs> <laughs> they're connected. Some Actually, level. I'm going to, that was kind of a joke, but there is another Chris Larson. He founded uh, ripple and I think it was e-loans back in the day, but he also just um, developed the currency and a lot of times I'll see him pop up like when I'm doing some, you know, uh, some stuff on, on our website. So Chris Larson will pop up definitely the most high profile Chris Larson out there. So in all seriousness, um, I would love to meet him and I would through he's, I believe he's in like Silicon Valley. So I would, I would go through some of my connections that, that have connections in uh, the VC world. Um, uh, there's a, uh, a pretty high profile um, alumni from Virginia Tech. That's that's more part of one of the big V groups out there. So I'd probably network through Virginia Tech into um, that VC group and then see if they had a connection. Uh, Chris Larson, the founder of Ripple. Cool. Well, hopefully that actually happens and, and you've got some good stories to share. <laughs> That'd be cool. All right. So I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me. What's something you'd like to ask me? Yeah, Lori. So, you know, why did you start the podcast with the intent of, you know, the idea of social capital? Like what, what was the need that you found out there? Um, there's a couple of reasons why I decided to start it. Um, one was, um, besides running a business, well, we'll start there. So when I started my business, I learned very quickly that I generate new business opportunities by meeting new people and networking and getting referrals from people that I was nurturing and adding value to. Um, so I became very passionate about networking in general and found um, later on, as I became an adjunct professor, at the local university that the majority of students have zero experience in networking. So I wanted to find a platform to educate and encourage them to really start building those relationships uh, earlier on. So the class that I taught, <coughs> excuse me, B2B sales and marketing, um, mostly because I would be bring in a professional to talk about, you know, their sales and marketing experience. And I would highly encourage the students to, you know, connect with this individual, connect with them on LinkedIn, ask them for a cup of coffee to, to pick their brain. And, and um, I'd only hear back that maybe one or two students mm -hmm. out of a class of 50 actually would do that. So I really tried making an effort to, um, encourage them, you know, if, if a professional is coming in to speak in a classroom, they're more than likely going to be open to connect further with the students beyond just their, you know, one hour lecture that they shared. Um, so, yeah. And then um, the third uh, reason was really a thought leadership platform to grow my business and to meet new people, uh, you know, beyond my local community. So I thought, you know, podcasting is just a fantastic way to connect um, and talk about the topic of networking, which is a topic I would say the majority of business professionals have some level of experience in. I love that. And I love the story with college because I, I always tell college students, I say, the value of college isn't what you learn in class. 
it's what you learn and do outside of class. Mm -hmm. And I always talk about how it's the network you build. And if you go to like an Ivy League school, you probably go there, maybe if you're interested in going into investment banking. Um, you know, there's different schools for different things that are going to give you the best network. And I always encourage that. I think you can learn so much from book-wise. Um, so what what is your favorite unexpected networking story? Like something unexpected that you did, didn't expect to happen that came out of a relationship? Oh, wow. Um <laughs> One of my favorite, I think this, I laugh because it's funny. I was um, attending a trade show in Las Vegas um, on behalf of a client. I was helping them with their booth. And um, I was at the slot machines (laughs) (laughs) playing the games. Um, This was fairly late at night. And then uh, someone was sitting next to me and just started chatting up a storm. Um, And they happened to be at the same show I was at. Uh, so then we started talking about the show, obviously. And then they asked, you know, what I was doing there. And, um, uh, and you know, lo and behold, they were in need of the services that we offer. So um, after everyone parted ways and flew back to their own home states, uh, we touched base and they turned into a client. So that was my least expected outcome <laughs> of, of, you know, sitting, sitting at a slot machine and, and yeah. doing a little gambling in Las Vegas. So that was, yeah. I love it. I was, uh, I, I organized a trip down the Grand Canyon a couple of years ago and my wife and I built built spec homes for several years. We actually just finished our house with the same builder and I had his hat on and you know, my wife and I had gone to a lot of the different real estate uh, groups and meetings in town. Um, you know, had a lot of, had a lot of connections there. So I'm in the grand Canyon at kind of this little stop. That's kind of a, a cave. I don't know if anybody's listening, knows where this, this big red cave is in the, in the Canyon. But this guy came up to me and he pointed to my hat and he's like, what do you know? Jack construction. And I, I looked at him, I was like, do you know them? He's like, I'm from Asheville. And so we had this whole conversation. I'm sitting there in the middle of the Grand Canyon talking to somebody that lives just three miles away from me back home. <laughs> and um, he ended up, we, we bought salmon from him. So we ended up, he had a salmon company where he goes to Alaska and buys fish. So it's it very, very <laughs> who would have thought, but it's, it's a little, but it's very small. So that, that again, is, the network great. brings us all together. I love it. I think that's a great story. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, Chris, do you have any final word or advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? Yeah, don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. Uh, don't be afraid to reach out. We'll get some rejection, but it's it's a very small amount. And you know, I'm of the abundance mindset. So when you're reaching out to people, you you and your message and your energy will resonate with those people that feel the same way. So don't hesitate ignore any rejection that you might get and you'll find those connections that ultimately will help fulfill the destiny and you know, the, the talent that you have. I think that's great. All right. So if anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, what's the best way that they can reach you? And I know you have, you said a white paper to offer as well. Yeah, we got, we got a lot of resources on our website, Lori. So really easy. Just go to nextlevelincome.com. If you want a copy of our book, just click on the book link. If you're listening and you want a hard copy, put your address in and I'll send it to you. Um, we also have some new resources on our banking page. So you can learn a little bit about what we call our investment optimizer. And again, these are, these are connections that I've made through networking over the years. So 
just hunt around on the website. If you have something specific, you can reach me at chris at nextlevelincome.com. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Chris. Oh, this was fun, Lori. Thank you for having me. Lots of fun indeed and fantastic insights that you shared. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Chris for taking the time to connect with us. If you want to continue the conversation on networking and building your community, join our Facebook group. Just go to facebook.com and search for Social Capital Network. If you need me, send an email to Lori at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.